Hey, everybody. I'm Noelle. And I'm Jenna. And this is More Than Murder, where we delve into everything eerie with a side of true crime. More Than Murder is not your typical true crime podcast. It's not. Join us weekly on a tour through the haunted, the bloody, the creepy, and the nutty on our Freaky Fridays. Freaky Fridays. I love Freaky Fridays. You know, Fridays are like the best day. Everybody looks forward to Friday. For real. And I love this even more because I literally like watch Freaky Friday for like a year straight. Oh, absolutely. Every single day, like Lindsay Lohan. Jamie Lee Curtis, that movie is my fucking shit. Yes. Love that movie. Yeah. Chad yeah. Michael Murray, like, come on. How can you beat it? Oh, we're going to watch that soon. We okay. better. Yeah, we better add it to the list. Oh, my gosh. So I'm really excited about today's episode because I'm actually doing Haunted Rochester. Woo-hoo! And it is long already without including all the places that are haunted in Rochester. I, I cannot include, we would just have to do a whole haunted Rochester podcast if that was the case on everything that Rochester has to offer. Mark that idea. Absolutely. Could do a spinoff. See? Yeah. So don't take our idea because we just, we coined it. All right. Tam, 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 tam. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> Call that. So I grew up in Rochester. As you know, I was born there in uh, 1992. I grew up there. We moved the summer before I turned 14, so I think 2005 here to the country. Thank the gods for that. I know. It was fate. <laughs> or else we never would have become the two peas that I, we are. I grew up in this podunk town, and <laughs> I needed her to come. Well, my first topic is going to be about the Rochester Public Library. And it has a lot of places in my heart for many reasons, Not only would my mom take my brother and I on bike rides to the Charlotte Public Library all the time in Charlotte, because we we first lived in downtown. When I turned four or five, we moved to Charlotte, and that's where I grew up mostly, in Rochester. But oftentimes, we'd also travel down to the Rochester Public Library. It is grand and historic and absolutely beautiful. And when you walk inside, you can just tell the... The, the oldness and you can smell, you know, all the old mm. books and the wood that is in there is old, you know, because it was built so long ago. Um, actually, we'll just start there. The first portion to the library was completed and dedicated on October 4th in 1936 as the Rundell Memorial Building. And it was built with a capacity originally to hold 75,000 books. Wow. So at the time, I mean... That was pretty spacious, and a yeah. lot of books were like 1936. Heck yeah. 75,000 books. That's pretty good. So if you go to the library today, you'll see it's now much larger with more than one building. In the 60s, it was apparent that the library was just too small, and they purchased and renovated the J.C. Penney building and dedicated that in December of 1972. By 75, the library already increased their book circulation by 100,000 books. So not only, so they increased it by that much. So they have probably about 175,000 books in the library. Yeah, it's huge. It's a lot of books. It is. And you can smell them all. I love (laughs) the smell of them. I know. It just makes you feel a kind of way, you know. I'm still smelling books. It does not matter if it's a magazine, a kid's book, a novel. I'm smelling all books. A new book, an old book. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You got to smell them all. All of them. So now that the synopsis of the library's history is out of the way, we'll get right along with the spookiness. A little geography before we get into the spookiness. Geography. Yes. Rochester is large. Mm-hmm. And in this segment, we're focusing on downtown. Flowing through the historic downtown is the Genesee River and the Erie Canal. 
And before the library was even built, there were aqueducts for the Erie Canal that the library was actually constructed above. So in this picture document, and we'll share like some pictures that we have, these are the aqueducts on which the library was built. That is so pretty. I know. And at night, too, like Mm everything is all lit up and it's gorgeous. According to local lore, a woman, now there's two different versions of this. A woman had either drowned in the local canal and her body became trapped in the aqueducts below the library, or she had fallen into the water and then became trapped in the aqueduct, which then resulted in her drowning. Now, this was before the library had been built. Okay, so just on the land itself. Where the aqueduct, it was just the aqueducts. And like I said, those are the two versions I've heard and seen in most of my research, and I couldn't find a specific newspaper article covering it from back then. It's hard. I only, yeah, I only know that it happened in like 1902 or somewhere okay. around there, and then the library was built like 30, 34 years later. Yeah. Whichever version is correct, the aqueducts that keep being mentioned are the exact ones, like I said, that the Rundell Memorial uh, building portion of the library was later built. It's said that this poor, unidentified woman aimlessly wanders the hallways, and stacks of books. So since she was trapped under where the library was built, she kind of just decided to stay there. Yeah. It's also said that a previous librarian named Frank passed away from a heart attack while on the job at the library and that he still haunts the place where he died. Mm -hmm. Now, when I was a kid, I remember there being a particular room that was haunted. I thought it was like the reading room or something. I can't remember because, like I said, I was really young. So maybe that's the one where Frank died. Oh, maybe. That's what I'm thinking, because I can't remember too much of the particulars about it, but that's that. I, that's my superstition. Library patrons throughout the years claim to have heard footsteps, moans, and seen doors open and slam on their own. Mm-mm. Library staff actually got security footage of the door opening all on its own. Neat. They also say that you will see people, which I assume would be just the woman, peeking from around the stacks. Ugh. So you're like looking around and all of a sudden out of the corner of your eye you see something peek out from around uh-huh. the stack and you look and it's gone. Uh-uh. Ooh. So <laughs> I love it. It gives me goosebumps. <laughs> so there's just been so much activity in this beautiful and haunted place that the ghost hunters have actually went there in 2012, which was in <laughs> uh, season 8, episode 25 called Due Date with Death, if you're interested in checking that out. Neat. I did not watch it because... Uh, I just didn't. <laughs> I, I probably will, though. And that is okay. Yeah. That is a-okay. I just wanted to go with the local lore of what people have said throughout the years. Yes. And that's yes. really what I was focusing yep. on. So we're going to uh, segue Plus, into my... Uh, if you want to watch it, you can. That's what it's on. Yeah. It's, it's that season eight, episode 25, Due Date with Death. And that was in 2012. So... My second place is going to be another place that I love. A lot of these places are places that I love. There's just one that I really didn't know about. Actually, two, because I forgot. I threw in a bonus for everybody. Oh, yay! So the second one is Durand Eastman Park. It's a beautiful, gorgeous property comprised of over 975 acres of woods and walking trails. Gorgeous. And especially in fall, of course, Mm -hmm. in New York, it is just absolutely beautiful. There's ponds and things like that. And it's across from the Durand Eastman Beach. So when you're at a certain spot at the beach, I feel like it's like the parking lot or something. You can look across the street and see a cool looking old stone, large retaining wall of some sort. And this became known as the White Lady's Castle. Um, There's like also really cool stairs that curve up to the the building area. The wall was actually built to accompany a hotel and dining hall. I saw hotel in one 
thing. But in other things, it's just been dining hall. Yeah. I really yeah. think it was just yeah. the dining hall. But I will throw in that little tidbit because okay. there is a lot of conflicting stuff. It looks so whimsical. Yeah. So behind that was this little dining hall that was built to provide a place to stay, if it was a hotel, and to eat for the swimmers on Lake Ontario. Smart. Yeah. So... Um, unfortunately, the building was torn down in the 30s. I don't know why. Maybe it just wasn't, like, busy enough. Hmm. But they left the beautiful retaining wall, which would serve to be a haunting memory of what once was and a staircase made of stone leading up to it. So it's – I love that they just left that. Yeah. It's just, like, it, it seems out of place, but it fits, right. if that I, makes sense. Yeah. And I still almost wish they would have kept the dining hall because that's still a piece of history. And it would have been cool, like, if it was open and you were visiting. And, you like, could you tour through it. Thing. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't really, like, that fancy looking. I should have included a picture of the dining hall, and I did not. But it was literally, it was just, just like, like, a, a pavilion. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, yeah, it really wasn't much, especially in that time period. I'm thinking period. kind of like a, like a Stony Brook type of, like... It did have enclosed walls. They're, like, pavilion type thing where they have... Yeah, but it wasn't, it was not special. It wasn't even as nice as, like, the Stony Brook pavilions yeah. <laughs> with stone. Like, the, the wall and the building are completely opposite. The building was just this wooden round looking building with a roof okay. and then there's this awesome just ordinary wall. just ordinary yeah it's, it's so strange maybe that's why maybe well, it just didn't fit in the aesthetic yeah, maybe. of this yeah i'll include the picture on the site though i'll make sure that i grab that picture okay. of the pavilion and put it up there so and that everybody the can social. see that too yeah on the soch so as with many legends there are different versions of some spooky stories two different versions that I am aware of, and then a third that I was told when I was a kid, but it's not one that is, like, really prevalent, according to my research. So according to one legend, a woman of her identity is unknown. She and her daughter at one point lived there at the Three Lakes Pavilion. That's what they would call it was the Three Lakes Pavilion. The legend said this woman was actually murdered by this boyfriend that she had. I don't know why, because like I said, her identity is unknown. Nobody even knows if... This is just legend. This is just local lore. Mm -hmm. So... Her apparition can be seen wandering the park, but mostly at the White Lady's castle. She is the White Lady. She's wearing all white. Sometimes she's seen with her two white spirit dogs and other times alone. Huh. It's said that she's searching for her daughter who was left alive and alone when the woman was murdered. Oh. Yeah, so she it's... doesn't know if, her, if the man took the daughter or, you know, so she's like looking for her kid. Yeah, it's like unfinished, you know, yeah. business mm-hmm. in a way. Yep, because it was just her and her daughter and the dogs. Mm-hmm. So... The other legend, according to Atlas Obscura, which is a really awesome website. Yes. I love yes. Atlas Obscura. They've got photos and they've got great history. That one night, the woman's daughter went out for a walk and never came home. The woman thought that her daughter was taken and harmed by one of the men who had come calling for her daughter quite often. Mm. And so, again, when she's seen, she's looking for her daughter. Yeah. She just doesn't know where her daughter is. So in both of the lores, she's looking for her daughter. However, the first one was she was murdered, and the second one was actually thought that maybe her daughter was murdered. Oh, okay. So she wouldn't haunt until woman had died, however she died. But when I was a kid, and this is kind of like my favorite story, because you hear this kind of like about lighthouses and stuff like that, but with where... That's positioned, oh. and you can see directly across to the lake. Mm-hmm. It was a story that her husband went out on his ship on Lake Ontario to go on a long journey or something, and he never came home. Now, Lake Ontario is known as an inland ocean mm-hmm. and can be 
Because it, it obviously, for our listeners, Lake Ontario takes you from Rochester, New York, or wherever you start, and it can take you to Canada and, like, uh-huh. to Toronto. Yeah. So it can lead, literally lead you to another country. That's why they call it the Inland Ocean, also because it's, like, so big. And oftentimes, in the middle of the lake, it is really treacherous. You do not want... It's like an ocean. You don't want to travel it with a regular boat. Like, there was the um, the cruise ship that they would bring into Rochester. I don't. Like, in... The early 2000s. And that would take you from Rochester to uh, Canada. Oh, okay. And they stopped that after a while. They even made this huge port with, like, all these really yummy restaurants, like Cheeburger, Cheeburger, and all that. And it didn't last. But it was huge. It was a huge cruise ship, one that could take those waves. I was told that her ghost could be seen waiting and watching out towards the lake for the return of her husband. Yeah, I can see that. Right. Just yeah. just waiting for him to see his ship coming back. Yeah. Right. So out of both of the main versions, the outcome is that when visitors go to the castle, oftentimes if there's a male present, he will be harassed. She does not like men, whether one killed her or her kid. Yeah, she Chills. she she likes to harass guys. <laughs> and it's not always or whatever, but yeah, it's it's Probable that if you have a male with you or a male goes on his own, a possibility of them being harassed by this white lady. I feel like that happens a lot with female ghosts. Yeah, like, because, you know, we're sick and tired of the shit and we're going to try to get our revenge on you no matter what. Not when we're invisible because it's like, haha, bitch, you can't see me. You can't hurt me now. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So our next locale is going to be the George Eastman Museum. And I remember taking a field trip or two there while I was in school. I think maybe once even while I was in high school or middle school. I can't remember. You should go. I know. I, I'm surprised marvelous. I haven't been. I mean, Sean and I love to, and you like, love history excursion. Yeah, and, and yeah. I mean, it's George Eastman, so I I'm, yeah, it's awesome. I'm going to go as soon as it's open and it's safe. I think it is open. Okay, they just like, have like tours. You gotta like schedule. And a lot of, like when we went to Gettysburg, it was really nice. Like people were very considerate in the museum. They didn't like linger too long, and they like, yeah. kind of look at things. So hopefully, it'll be the be same like way. That. I don't know. Well, obviously, with school, it was a guided tour so i don't know how it is when you like schedule one if you can just walk around the museum or there might even be like a virtual thing right now a lot of the museums are doing that everything about this place is beautiful the house which is actually like a mansion Mm -hmm. the paintings on the walls the grounds and the gardens the old furniture that vining oh yeah i mean everything about the place is just gorgeous i guess eastman had really like a large love for art flowers being outside music now unfortunately i never saw any spirits while there with my class or you would have already heard about that long ago (laughs) i would have been like hey did i tell you about that one time (laughs) yeah so yeah george was born on july 12th in 1854 and grew up to become the founder of eastman kodak company creating the first kodak camera in 1888 at 30 four years old so that's one of the i wanted to tell you all the history on rochester but literally Mm -hmm. rochester is so historic and so many things have happened there that it's just impossible and again this episode would have been really really long but kodak is definitely that one that's like synonymous with yeah i mean it employed so many people my grandfather being one of them i mean kodak itself was a beautiful it's beautiful yeah yeah so it's it's very historic it's really awesome that that took place in rochester Mm -hmm. so in 1905 he had this grand beautiful mansion like home built in which he lived in till the day he died. During his life of invention, he donated so much of his riches. Uh, he donated to what is now known as RIT, 
MIT, mm. U of R, the medical school, dental clinics, and he later also created, which we all know here, the Eastman School of Music. He was just a huge philanthropist. Oh, I love it. I know my brother took some classes at Eastman School of Music, where which is where he met one of his future bandmates for one of the bands he created in Rochester. And my aunt also would take classes and perform at the Eastman School, too, for her instruments. And I guess Eastman's last few years of life, he was in immense pain due to a medical disorder that was attacking the base of his spine. I didn't know that. I did not either, huh. so... Oh, painful. Painful? That's kind of painful. Yeah, I mean, the base of your spine is just... Connection attacking to, to it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh he became really sad and frustrated with his life because he was so active with his community in the surrounding areas and just a genuinely happy, nice guy liking to enjoy his hobbies and stuff. And alas, here's his body that's failing him. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. George died on March 14th, 1932 at 78 years old due to a self-inflicted gunshot wound to his heart. I don't think I knew. I didn't. I I I probably learned that when I went to the museum, but I didn't register. I feel like I've forgotten. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know. He could. Yeah. Poor sweet George. Yeah. He just couldn't handle the downfall of his own body and he just kind of wanted it over. I mean, he was also 78 years old. You got to imagine the aches Mm -hmm. and pains, medical issues he's already got. And then to feel his spine. And he like if he could even walk. Like, could he... Really? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know if he was in wheelchair at it, or towards the end. Or if it was or... excruciating to walk. You yeah. Know? Like, oh, man. So, in 1949, well over 10 years after his death, his home was opened as the George Eastman Museum. It displays all the original Kodak cameras throughout the years, which is really cool. They have them, like, on this mm-hmm. table, and they have information on everything, and then the cameras, and how each one of them worked. The photo processing process for each one of the cameras and so much more info. I really encourage anyone who's interested in history or photography mm-hmm. or the history of photography to take a trip there if you're ever in the area. It's definitely worth it. It's said that Eastman's spirit still roams his mansion. This I do find probable being mm-hmm. the location of his death and his most treasured things and memories are still there. It's not oh, yeah. like they've been auctioned off this house. legacy is yeah. literally that house and everything in that house. Yeah, and it's still the exact same way that he left it so you know i i believe that he probably still does reside there and who knows if he's just like living out his afterlife in there you know it's mm-hmm. like it's his house mm-hmm. except and, now he's able to be pain-free uh-huh, and enjoy just doing whatever he wants to do right you know? how still tending his garden according to the book haunted rochester which i forgot i wanted to buy at barnes and noble yesterday oh yes the day oh, they had so many great local i know they would have had it i know they would have had it but i didn't mm-hmm. i freaking forgot to look. So according to that book, Haunted Rochester, it's got all the lore and history and spooky things from from Rochester, which is cool. Like, I really want it. Mm-hmm. Christmas gift idea. <laughs> um, the Eastman School of Music is also known for its unexplained stories. Obviously, that was one of George Eastman's other legacies. You know, he loved education. He loved music. He loved the arts. Students have reported hearing sounds in empty rooms, footsteps walking with them in the hallways when no one else is around, and knocking sounds. Hmm. The book mentions that a female specter wearing white, her name was, quote, Catherine, who apparently threw herself off the balcony of the building, has also been seen wandering around. Wow. It also says that Eastman himself can be spotted sitting in his favorite seat in the auditorium, which now, if I ever go to another show at the Eastman Theater, I will be looking for his favorite seat to sit in. Oh, yes. Which is apparently number 48. And like I said in here, I wrote, I'll keep that in mind for the next time I go again, because that would be pretty sweet to sit in a seat that George Eastman 
love to sit in. Uh-huh. And still might sit yes. in to this day. Maybe I'll sit on his lap. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he could sit on mine. <laughs> you just feel this cold energy just sitting on your lap. And you're like, oh, it's Georgie's here. That's cool. Let's enjoy the show. It's already cold in theaters. Please don't sit on oh, me. Oh, my gosh. It really is. I'm cold enough. I know. <laughs> Speaking of theaters... Our next place is going to be the Auditorium Theater, which I know we both have I been. love this theater. Yep, yep. So it was built in 1928, except it wasn't actually built as the theater. Mm-hmm. I did not know this, but apparently it's very well known as it's on the uh, Rochester Broadway League's website and everything. I didn't know this, but it was initially built as a Masonic temple. Oh, okay. Okay. So the temple had ceremonial places, offices, and an auditorium with about 3,000 seats. And according that, uh, again, that's according to the Rochester Broadway Theater League website. Um, the RBTL, which again, Rochester Broadway Theater League, purchased the auditorium portion. So just the auditorium portion in 2003. Weird. Weird how you would like sell half a building. Yeah. I know, just like the theater part. We, like, just want the theater, though. We don't need anything else. I know. Well, good, because today it hosts large-scale Broadway productions with the Rochester Broadway Theater League, Mm -hmm. and our BTL began in 1957. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah, I didn't know that either. It was a long time ago. There are two spirits I read about upon my research. It's like there's a theme that I keep coming upon now that I'm rereading this. It's like two versions, two spirits, two this, two that. What is up with this? I don't know. It's like from Elizabethtown, you know, Alec Baldwin was obsessed with twos. Tunisia. Yes. (laughs) I love that movie. I'm sorry. So one of them, one of the spirits, is a man who appears to be wearing a red coat, and he only haunts the lobby of the theater mostly after... The theater has closed for the night. So my thought is like a an usher. Yeah. Yeah, because he a red coat. Uh-huh. You in know, the lobby area. In the lobby where you'd oftentimes be handing out the pamphlets. Uh-huh. Checking so, people in. Yeah. I know. I, I'm glad you picked up on that because I huh. thought the same thing. Was yeah, that yeah, that yeah, it was yeah. an usher. The other is an elderly man who actually likes to hang out backstage. I guess he's also one who likes to move things around every now and then. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times, if you don't see anything spooky taking place, you'll hear it. Because there are also sounds of disembodied voices that can be heard throughout the theater. Especially backstage and when the actors are getting ready. There's a lot of haunted theaters. Yes, there definitely are. So, our fifth place, like I said, I didn't even really know it existed, which is Uh crazy because it's huge, and I would love to drive by it someday, is the Rochester Psychiatric Center, which was also known as, when it was, you know, built, the Monroe County Insane Asylum. Ooh, that's terrifying. Yes. I would love to do this as a full episode one day, so if you guys are interested in that, I may just do that because it is... It was pretty interesting. But it was built on Elmwood Ave in Rochester in 1857. Wow. Yeah. And and it was built as the Monroe County Insane Asylum. Hmm. In 1891, Monroe County sold the hospital to the state. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, when yeah. it became the Rochester State Hospital. Great. We know what happens when that yeah. happens. So this building is absolutely huge. It is 16 stories tall. And in one holy portion alone, holy. they refer to it as the Terrence Towers. And at the time, there were 1,000 beds and a morgue and a lab in the basement. So people did obviously die there. The patients had varying degrees of mental illness from almost like non-existent to very severe. So people with 
hardly their illnesses were in this cycle. Oh, that happened all the time. Oh, yeah, especially in the times. A woman would talk back to her husband a little bit, and she's hysterical. She needs to go to the mental institution. Exactly. It's it's ridiculous, the state of our mental health now, and, like, even worse back then. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like I said, varying degrees. It was from non-existent to very, very severe and also criminally insane. I think, like, the fifth floor housed criminally insane patients. Patients, though were really not quite known as patients, but rather like unwanted people. And that's truly how they were they were treated. Yeah. Some people who were disrupted to society or may have just caused trouble. And apparently some patients were just dropped off there as babies and remained there since. Oh. Yeah, that's just awful. Why take the baby there? Have a protocol. Have a protocol for who you're accepting into these places. You know, you can't just take anybody and everybody. But they didn't want to. They were like, you know, those... Those old time poor houses where they literally know, just yeah. took people who didn't Anybody. who didn't have a place, yeah. Uh-huh. and yeah, so wonder, it, that's kind of what it reminds me of. Where where is Elmwood Ave? That's like downtown, right? Like, because I'm trying to picture like going into it and seeing like all of like the get off yeah. the highway streets. Yeah, it is in it is in the city, but I, I don't think I've ever like driven by it or anything. I know, and it's so weird because literally it's huge, huge. Yeah, it, it's huge. So, between the 60s and the 80s, and I'm sure for years prior, but of course that time period, there were volatile practices, of course, that took place there. Mm -hmm. Neglect, abuse, subduing by medication, which still happens to this day, Mm -hmm. the neglect and subduing by medication. I think subduing by medication is in itself neglect. Oh, Um, 100%. And most of these medications are to make people, like, sedentary. Like, yeah. Yeah. They're they're just drooling. There's a vegetable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. So then, of course, lobotomies, electroshock therapy, and other experimentations, torture, rape, the list just literally goes on and on for this place, of course. What awful places. I know. And I, it's like, it's not it's not even surprising anymore when you research it. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, I know what's going to happen here. And like, think about the worst mental health and, and how like you're not... A lot of those people probably weren't in their right minds to to know what was going on. No, to even understand what the hell they were experiencing and why they were being shocked and lobotomized. And like you see the footage of like literal filth, and they're they're just filthy, and they're on the floors. There aren't enough beds. Like take care of people better. Well, that's one thing I was kind of surprised about was that you see. The massive size of this place, mm-hmm. and they only have a thousand beds. Doesn't that seem not a lot to you for how be- sixteen stories? Yeah, I feel like that was a trend, though. Even like at places like prisons, they built them huge, but the cells were tiny and housed tons of people. Yeah, I don't understand like, it. It's they like, didn't understand how many people they would actually get. Maybe. Yeah, I- I'm not sure. I'm. I don't know. Unless they just had them spread way apart or something. I don't know. I just don't see how. And I'm, I mean, yes, yeah, 16 floors. They could be small floors, but they're not. I mean, there's a east wing and a west wing. And oh, yeah. Like, yeah. And a lot of asylums and psychiatric hospitals are humongous. I know. It's they're huge. just big, menacing buildings. Like, just awfulness. We need to look at ourselves if you need a facility that big. I know, right? Obviously. Like, shouldn't there be a way to, like, help, help people. more than yeah. just, like, lock them away and, like, Put them with a whole bunch of meds? Yeah. I mean, girl, when I was at Buff State, mm-hmm. uh, I looked out my dorm and there is literally the 
the asylum right there. And it was so spooky because it is really old and spooky. I will do an episode on that sometime. Apparently, conditions slightly lightened in the early 90s, but still an awful place to be where the patients just were truly not cared about. Yeah. The building closed in 1995. Why? I don't know. I don't know why. Unless I think maybe the maybe they had moved them to smaller state homes like we okay. have the state homes nowadays. Yeah, because that's kind of what I was thinking is, is they probably thought to regulate, it's going to be easier to take care of a smaller batch of people in smaller facilities, smaller houses. Yeah. My sister works for the state. I think it's also so. because, um, as I mentioned later, the building is filled with Fucking asbestos. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Riddled that building that size to get rid of asbestos? Whew. Yeah. Well, Not the thing is, is that they still have to... So, yeah, in 2019, plans were made to tear down the tower and replace it with apartments and shopping plazas. Because why? why can't we plant trees why? or a garden? Gentrification needs to stop. Yeah. That reminds me of shameless. So, as we're aware, places like this where the walls have been witnessed to such gruesome acts of cruelty and despair, they mm-hmm. tend to be conductors for spirits, good or bad. Patients obviously did die there, whether due to the constant neglect and abuse, their illness, or even due to illness caused by the massive amounts of asbestos, which was riddled in the building. And like, they the didn't building know, unfortunately, like like with smoking, with other things, they just didn't know the impact that it was going to have on the human body, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Yeah, and I did read that. That's why I said it makes no sense because they literally, before they tear the building down, because if you demolish a building and there's asbestos, now those spurs yes, are going to disperse in the air. Mm-hmm. So they have to remove all the asbestos. And just keep the place. And then tear the building down. Just keep the place. Just and use it for something else. Because really, they make asbestos paints now. Yeah. Where you can paint to cover it up. So they could probably do that in some areas and then some of the harder areas remove it. I mean, make a community center. Make make some place that has all sorts of different things for people to do. Like, why? Because that's the problem is that they don't want to do that. They want to just keep having all these empty, vacant buildings that people go into and they vandalize and then they get tore down and then it's just an empty lot. I know. Make tours out of it or something. And then it'll be a Starbucks. Make it a historic place. It was built in 1857. I know. Take people on tours through that thing. Or like even host ghost hunts. Like fucking move it. You know how mm. they move buildings to, like, Genesee Country Museum and, like, things like... Take, take a it, portion and move fucking it. Fucking yeah. move it. And then... I know that's Even if you though. wanted to do something like that, it's going to be expensive anyway. Yeah, but with a 16-story mm-hmm. building, the way that things settle and stuff, you probably can't move that. <laughs> probably can't. Some of those probably things. collapse. Well, they, they do it like the houses. They do it in very little bits. It takes a really long time. Yeah. They have to literally take it apart bit by bit, and then they take it over in tiny chunks, and then they put mm-hmm. it back together bit by bit. According to past employees, the building is filled with spirits of the mistreated patients. Shocker there. Mm-hmm. Many have claimed to felt cold spots, seen apparitions, or just felt like they weren't the only ones present. There have been investigators who claim they were able to hear footsteps, moans, voices, and even claim to have electrical troubles during their investigation. So whether their batteries are dying or their screen just won't work or mm-hmm. whatever's going on. Yeah. It's not working for them. So that was going to be the end of the episode. I was just going to leave it at five. Um, <clears throat> But I decided to throw in an extra one called Valentown. And I threw it in as an extra because I was trying to make this just haunted Rochester. This is built in Victor. I've seen this place. I've driven by this place. Feel like I might have, but I I, I never knew it existed. I, oh yeah, like the second I saw the picture, like we go to Victor often ish. Ish, yeah. yeah. I would love to go and tour it because you can. It's really it's, it's a museum now. 
humongous. Really? Yeah. It's very big. Oh, yeah. According to what this says. It looks out of place, kind of, because it's, like... Old as fuck. And then you have, like, a shopping center and a North Face store. Yeah. And, like, a Lowe's. Like, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, it's weird. <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, I just decided to give you a little something-something extra and throw in the sixth thing. I don't know anything about it, so... Cool. Let me know. So... In 1879, a guy named Levi Valentine, Valentine, okay, so Valentine, Valentine, makes sense, yeah. He built himself what was going to be his own abode. It's a big abode. Yeah, it had. Now this is conflicting. It had three floors and a basement. Okay. But the site for Valentine says four floors, but then they didn't say what was inside all four floors. So I I can't say whether it's three or four floors and, and then the basement. So they could, yeah, they could be looping the basement in with the floors. And whoever else might not be. Four, yeah, the other yeah, artists. Yeah. breaking it up. So I'm a little confused, but we're just, I just want to throw digress. that in. Yeah. <laughs> so instead, he decided to build it for a community center with the four different levels of the building. The community members were able to use the space for a variety of things. Hmm. It's actually, this place is really freaking cool. The history is just really cool. Levi built this on a piece of land where across the way a railroad was supposed to be being built, so he thought it would be great for business Hmm. because he would be able to have merchants in there and have people coming in on the train or maybe merchants that would come and live in the town to to, to go there. So this is when Valentown in Victor, New York, becomes even cooler. It is known in the National Historic Register that it was actually the very first shopping mall. That's me. Okay. Yes. In 1879, the very first shopping mall, because I will tell you why. The first floor was for commerce. Merchants of all trades, like like butcherers, mm-hmm. sewing stuff, poultry, like all, I mean, anything you could think of, clothing, you know, everything that you need would be on this first floor. Yeah. So, like I said, merchants of all trades would bring their goods to sell, and that's where the people in the community would purchase their goods. There was also a room on the same floor that had a piano for music for the community members to learn on. Oh, nice. Oh, piano and music. They also had music there. The second floor was for education of all kinds. Regular schooling classes and then others such as home economics, art, business, theater, finance, farming, and huh. much, much more, including more music, was up there. And also community meetings would take place on that floor as well. Before it's time. That's so neat. I know. And the uh, fact that it was, like, the first shopping mall. Yeah, but also, like, a community center. Like, this guy cared, and he wanted a place, you know, for yes, people. And exactly. And he was just being selfless. And, like, here That's you go. That's the thing. He is so selfless. Yeah. Like, like I'm going to build myself a house. Wait. It's no, better I'm as not. a community I'm center. build this for other people. Yeah. It's, it's cool. It's really cool. And then, of course, you know, for our listeners, later, later, later... In Victor, we have Eastview Mall, which is, like, a giant mall. But I wonder if... It's literally kind of, like, right across the street, too. Like, it's, like... That mall's massive. So, like... Yeah, on which side? Right across the street from this old... Which is what makes me think they... First, when I I thought of Eastview Mall, I was like, they put it in that area because of um, the class that lives there. It's kind Mm -hmm. of like an upper-class area. Yes. A lot of the stores in Eastview Mall are upper-class and more Mm -hmm. ritzy. Yeah. And then I was like, oh... Maybe they built the mall there because literally the first shopping mall ever Bam, was, was there. right there. Yeah, it's that, so cool. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, now. it's it's like so cool. Um, and I'm gonna speculate. Maybe this is why it is a more upper class area. More people were able to flourish a little earlier on, and then they created this really flourishable economy and amazing like little area because it is a nice commerce area. Oh, it is, and that would have been a lovely thing to surmise. 
Unfortunately. But, oh gosh, I knew there was a but. The railroad that was going to be building next door ran out of money and tracking by the time they even reached Valentown. So they couldn't get any extra business. It literally was only the town. what was going on now. And there wasn't a lot. Yeah. You know, so though it seemed to have been a popular place without the extra shoppers and merchants that the railroad would have brought. Ever boomed. Mm-hmm, and Valentown was eventually left vacant as people went elsewhere. Darn it all. So sad. Oh, I had this dream that it was like this flourishing place. Could have made like saloons like, and yeah, all sorts like, of shit. On, you know? And then now and instead today, of, it's what it is. Well, also, what's interesting is I wonder where Victor, New York, came from. Because mm-hmm. Valentown yeah. is now in Victor. Yeah. So, I kind of wonder about that, too. Um, in 1940, uh, at this point, the building was, like, dilapidated. I mean, it was built in 1857 wood. with it's wood. Completely wooden. <laughs> yeah, and now we're talking about almost a hundred years, almost a century later when this yeah. historian purchased oh, it. Yeah. But luckily he did because people wanted to tear it down since it was so run down. Stop tearing stuff down. I know. Unless it's, like, something awful. awful. Yes, but, like, think of a castle in yes. Danville. Oh, Fix that God, up. That could be a revenue maker. Let's be on tour. That'll be an episode it, in itself as well. They let it just decrepit, and then it's going to get torn down. Mm-hmm. So the local historian, he bought the building and turned it into the museum it remains to be today. You can still tour there, and I'll put a link to the Valentown website on our site and everywhere as well. And since it was left vacant and since people have been able to tour and investigate, people have heard and seen a lot of ghosty action there. I believe it. So the sound of an old-fashioned music box has been heard. Ooh, Which is like the best. Uh Uh Uh-huh. I would just love to be somewhere old and start hearing a fucking music box playing. Well, there's there's equipment that ghost hunters use now that is a energy music box so they put it on the floor oh yeah and if anything walks up to it this the music box starts old playing music box music starts playing and it's like Ugh. which is cool <laughs> but i want like just <sighs> an old music box that's already in there to start playing or like yeah like an old piano <laughs> yes like, oh and then you can watch the keys playing yeah themselves. right right then, yeah maybe the piano in there might do that it might yeah. Okay, anyway. <laughs> I'm back to the show. Now that we just played the, <laughs> the entertainer, I'm pretty sure that might have been the yeah, entertainer. It was. Uh, okay. So EVPs have been caught by the investigators. I did not find who the investigators were. It might have just been locals who had brought in their, their own investigation tools, not like yeah. a ghost show like a or big, anything yeah. like that. Or it could have even have been the Rochester paranormal group oh yes there's a lot of like little small town ones yeah we have one in Wales. yeah tools do move by themselves the tools are in the basement so nobody i'm not sure if you can tour the basement i would think you probably can but you know you're probably not touching stuff and some places are are, are weird you know some places are are less like if if the guy didn't want to fix everything up the basement could be dangerous yeah you can't go down there unless you're like staff yeah and people do see apparitions there According to staff and visitors, shadow figures can be seen in what was the bakery area, which would also have been on that first floor. Like I said, literally everything that you need, breads, everything would be there for you. Some have even said to see a shadow figure go around the counter and go up the stairs to the next floor. 
Oh my god! Can you imagine us being in there, just standing and there then and I just see this shadow figure come around the counter and go up the stairs? And like that's not something that you could dispel either. Like you literally see it traveling with your eyes and going up, up like stairs. No, like, it's not what? something that just like flashes and you're like, wait, what, what was, was that? that? Yeah, huh. no way. So that does now finally conclude the episode. It really could have been a lot longer. Well, there's so much. Like, it's I so know. hard to to know how much to put in because, like, it, we can't do three-hour episodes. I know. And yeah. there are still places that I wanted to include. So maybe some other time we'll do an episode and on them. do full episodes or, like, chunk exactly. episodes about things. Yeah, because, like, you know, I did do research on one of the most famous cemeteries in Rochester, mm-hmm. which is, of course, Holy Sepulcher. We should go there and look around sometime. 100%. I love me a good um, cemetery. And there's just a lot of places. If you're interested in historic places and you're nearby rochester is definitely wanting to hit up because buffalo too buffalo is pretty uh, yeah we'll have to gather into buffalo at some point because i would love to do their Mm -hmm. asylum because i did a little ghost thing when i was at buff state with my speech class i think and we were we did like this paranormal investigation on the outside and it was pretty neat but Oh yeah, we didn't go in. We we weren't allowed. We didn't get permission. Many places we'll definitely have to. And that's the thing is like there are so many areas. We just we just gotta do it. You know. Just yeah, and what's the best thing is that you know we'll just be here forever talking about spooky things. Yes. And yeah. true crime. Yeah, you can keep joining us every single week. We're here for you. We we are always here, and hopefully you're here for us because we love you already. And if you want to show us some love on any of our socials, you can follow us on Facebook at More Than Murder. You can follow us on the Twitter at More Than Underscore Murder. And you can follow us on Insta at More Than Murder Pod. <laughs> if you have any stories you particularly <laughs> want to hear or simply just want to shout out and say hi, you can email us at morethanmurderpod at gmail.com. We love you. And we will see you next Freaky Friday. Bye. Bye.